When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I just love to see people getting so much joy out of music, even if it's something that doesn't touch me, just to know that somebody's getting something out of it. They get they find what it because it means so much to me i've found so much yeah music that has changed my life enriched my life made me a better person made me want to be a better person and so much of that comes from music and so if i see someone else getting it uh, it might be different genre different style of music but just that's a connection you can make with someone right that maybe they're listening to different music that you're listening to but what you get out of it is essentially the same thing, right? It's like a religious experience almost. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We are getting off the Bruce train, but I'm sure he will come up. And I am visiting with one of my Pantheon podcast siblings. Brad is also part of the network. He does an amazing podcast. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But in the meantime, Brad, welcome to Set Lusting Bruce. Hey, Jesse. So thanks so much for having me on. This is going to be fun. I think so too. Tell us a little about yourself. Let's see. My name is Brad Page. I host a show called I'm in Love with That Song. And I'm just a music junkie like so many people. Guitar player. Just, uh, you know, husband, father, the usual. That is, that keeps you busy being, I know, between podcasting, running a family, and then a day gig, it right. can be very busy. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think any of us are <clears throat> making a living doing this podcasting thing. We do it because we love it. We do it out of passion and just a deep love for the music, but it's, it doesn't pay the bills, so we all got to work during the day and podcast at night and try to be a good husband and whatever during the day. The rest of the time, it's well, we got our hands full, but thanks yeah. for having me on, though. I no, I, yeah, I'm excited. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Talk about where did you grow up and 
what kind of music did your family listen to when you were younger? I, I was born in New Hampshire, but I grew up in Massachusetts, about an hour outside of Boston in what was at the time a pretty small rural town. Now it's a destination place, right? Those with urban sprawl, but back in the day, no one knew where this town was. It was small and pretty provincial. My parents, I was an only child. Uh, my parents were significantly older, so they were in the Lawrence Welk generation, right? That was their idea of music. So consequently growing up, I didn't care about music at all. because <laughs> uh, That was what I was exposed to for music was you know, Mario Lanza records and Lawrence Welk and had zero appeal to me. And I didn't have older brothers or sisters to expose me to to much music i cared about comic books that's that was my passion as a kid what it is actually i love yeah. comics. what time frame is this brad the, i was born in 64 the year that okay. the beatles first came to america okay and so grow, basically growing up in the 70s that's where i cut my teeth on so many things comics and music and everything but yeah, I didn't really care much about music or listen to much music until I discovered the band Kiss, because there is no better band to transition a comic book fan into being a rock and roll fan than Kiss. So, uh, yes, remember when they published the comic and they actually put their blood in the ink? Yep, I was yes. right there at that time. And I always say... wait. Kiss is, they're not one of my f favorite bands now. They're not in my top 10 for sure. Probably not in my top 20. But at the time, they were my first favorite band. And they, like your first girlfriend, there's always a special place in your heart for the first band that you loved. And say what you will about Kiss, for, and for better and worse, I would not be sitting here today, I don't think, if it wasn't wasn't for them. I I praise them and curse them at the same time for my. So <laughs> I'm gonna get to Kiss in a minute, but Marvel or DC kid? Uh, I mean, I swung both ways, but it was primar primarily a Marvel guy. So I was primary a DC guy. Mm -hmm. One of my earliest memories was going to the commissary, the PX, mm -hmm. with my grandmother. She was the manager of a post exchange at Fort Polk, Louisiana. And, and so I would go to work with her, and I would go pick all the comics I wanted off the spinner rack nice. and give them to her, and she would take the cover off <laughs> and give me the comics and then would give the covers to her sales rep saying that they were damaged, right? right. So she could get yeah. credit for them. And so because I was, I did not have a steady source of comics, DC did more one and done books than Marvel. So therefore I tend to go toward more DC, though mm -hmm. I certainly can remember reading Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and all these different things yeah i the 
So it sounds like you and I were right around the same age because I was born in 59. Okay. So that that the Legion of Superheroes and X-Men and Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Teen Titan and just all those just amazing books. Yeah. And over the, the years, I've come in and out of the hobby a few times. And like many people sold most of my books and then ended up years later buying them back <laughs> yeah and of course at twice the cost i did the same thing with my vinyl mm -hmm. i sold a ton of vinyl i used to work in a record store it's actually where i met my wife mm -hmm. we're both kind of music junkies and so i was around vinyl all the time for a few years there and but that was right around the time during the shift of cds became the thing and I could yeah. see the demand for vinyl going really down the tubes pretty quickly and didn't ever think it would come back. And so sold a ton of my records. And then in the last probably five years, I got bit by the vinyl bug again. And of course, I've been buying back records that I sold, sold for five bucks, which I thought was pretty good at the time. Yeah, that was pretty good for a used record in 1990 mm -hmm. or whatever. And now they're 30 bucks a pop and that's mm -hmm. just the way it goes but anyway i graduated high school in 1977 75 76 a bunch of my buddies one of them lent me a kiss alive eight track and listened to that i adored chris kiss destroyer okay. and the best part of getting a cold was you could sound like peter chris doing beth just and so a couple of years ago after the pandemic they came to fort worth and a bunch of my buddies said do you want to go and i said yes we've got to go right and so a bunch of us went we had pretty high bleacher seats and it was everything that 17-year-old Jesse would have wanted right. to see Kiss. They, I, I got to see the fake Peter Chris do Beth on a fake yeah. grand piano. Yeah. I got to, they played a lot of songs off Alive and Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over. It was just, it was wonderful. And my favorite part of the story, Brad, is there was a guy in front of me who did not sit down the whole show. Mm -hmm. He was standing up and I had to lean over to see. Sure. And someone said, why are you not asking him to sit down? And I said, this is his Springsteen. I can right. tell. This guy knew every word, was screaming his head off. And you know what? Just because I'm old and want to sit down, I'm not messing with his vibe whatsoever. I hear and you. I almost enjoyed seeing him enjoy the concert as much as I did Kiss. And it was a lot of fun. And like I said, the 17-year-old Jesse was very happy to to hear rock and roll and party mm -hmm. every day live. It was just a blast. Yeah, we did the same thing. I was just a little too young and, I don't know, isolated or whatever to have seen them in the original makeup days. The first time I saw them was 
actually the lick it up tour where they had taken the makeup off and i saw them a couple of times or a few times after that and then a few times with the makeup back on but when they announced that this was the final farewell tour which of course has been going on for five years now but that's what everyone does right um milk it for all it's worth and what would you expect any less from kiss to then to milk it for all it's worth but uh, that first leg of the tour they played in boston and i and my wife who is at best a moderate <laughs> kiss fan at best but i said come on let's go same thing right it's 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 probably your last gasp at, at seeing pleasing that little 17 year old that still lives inside of you that wants to see kiss blow things up and spit blood and do all that goofy stuff that's still fun and you just have to look at it as fun what's a cartoon and we had a good time i'm glad i went yeah i i just had a guy on the podcast that does a thousand and one albums oh gosh it's corrected or something it is basically him and his buddies got a hold of that 1001 albums you need to hear before you die mm-hmm. and they're going through them in random order and just talking about them and discussing whether they agree with it whether they don't and they had a lot of fun with kiss they did chris destroyer mm-hmm. and they were they were having a lot of fun i i also when I talked to the guy, I said, have you done Bruce yet? And he said, yeah, we did Born in the USA. You may not want to hear it. I'm like, no, I have a thick skin. I I understand this, the synth problem with Bruce in the 80s, but it is a gateway drug, though. It is the gateway CD that a lot of people bought and then later found more of Bruce's music. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. 
Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So, Brad, your love and kiss... I saw on the website the Beach Boy Christmas album was also one of the first albums. Yeah, that uh, was technically the Beach Boys. And this is how uncool I was. Okay. (laughs) That the Beach Boys Christmas album was actually (laughs) the first closest thing to rock and roll that I had on vinyl. But the second album was Kiss Rock and Roll Over, which I think by most fans if that's not considered their best it's certainly considered one of their best records and that just happened to be the new album that was out at the time it was the album that was out and on the charts at the time and then from there i went back and got i can't remember if i got alive or destroyer next but alive was really the life-changing one because that that just and i we all know now that it's not really that live, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but I don't care because it's better than live. You know what I mean? It captures yeah. everything that you want from that live experience. And you could just sit and listen to that, that record and just envision the whole thing in your head and play that concert in your head and try to under, wonder what was going, what was Gene doing? I was just where he blows the fire. And cause you, you knew you didn't see any of this stuff. There was no YouTube or anything to watch any of this stuff. You just had to imagine what it must be like. And, but that record is really what sucked me into rock and roll. And from there it was the RCA record club and the Columbia house record club and get your 10 records for a dime. And, that's how I built my record collection and really never looked back. You said you still love kiss and you're, as they said, they're your first girlfriend, your first love, but what was the band that took you from there to something a little more meaty? If I can use that term. It it starts to get wide pretty quickly after that, because like I said, I, discovered the RCA and the Columbia house record clubs where you would send in a dime or a dollar or whatever, and you'd get 10 albums with a agreement that you bought three more records. I imagine you probably did this. Most people of our our generation. Incredibly overpriced three albums, but you didn't care. You didn't care because you got 10 records free. And so what I would do, and I'm sure you probably did the same thing is you would, you'd get your 10, free almost free records you'd buy your three and then you'd cancel your membership and then you'd renew and get another 10 records for a dime and buy those three and cancel and renew and that's how i built my record collection and very quickly i was getting queen and peter frampton and deep purple and whatever was going on at the time probably the next big band that um, queen was pretty key 
but Deep Purple was probably the next band that I it really just blew me away. Made in Japan, one of the greatest live albums ever recorded that truly is live. Unlike a lot of other records that were tarted up, that record is exactly what it is. F some flubs and sour notes and all, but that just, that record just blew me away. And then from there, I got into prog rock for a while. Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, and yes, and F F Rush. Uh, but at the same time, I really got into the Beatles and it was right before John Lennon was killed. And early on, the Beatles music seemed old to me uh -huh. compared to Boston and Queen and the sure. just the sound of the records. It took me a little while to, to appreciate that. But once I got into it, I just really, and a big part of it actually was a book by a guy named Nicholas Schaffner called Beatles Forever that I had picked up. And that book just made me a Beatles fan. Sometimes reading about music is almost as good as listening to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know that old Frank Zappa quote about writing about music is like dancing about architecture, whatever that quote is, whoever said it. Yeah. Yeah. But great writers can really just turn you on to some great music and and embellish that music and make you appreciate it and so that book was a big part that was also something i got from i think columbia record club was that book and i became a big beatles fan and then of course when john was killed a few months really just maybe six months after i started getting into the beatles that was just an earth-shattering moment for me just and still to this day probably having now uh, i'll be 60 next year like everyone once we get up to this age we've had a lot of loss in our lives friends and family and whatnot that have passed on but still john lennon's death is one of the most meaningful deaths that's ever happened to a guy that i never met i wouldn't even thought that would have been possible that someone that i never met could have impacted me that much but there you go but yeah so then i on one hand prog rock and another hand just the concise brilliant songwriting and musical ability of a band like the beatles and from there and i was a little slow to get into punk it took me a while to appreciate it but this some of that stuff i really like and I'm still primarily a child of the sixties and the seventies musically. There's some stuff in the eighties I like, but there's a lot of stuff. I don't I just never really got, like you mentioned the synth thing. That's always sure. kind of off for me. Yeah. You know, but to each his own, I have a lot of friends, fellow podcasters who just love the sound of the eighties and Hey, whatever gets you to the place you need to be to have that joy just because it doesn't work for me, I, I'm all for it. It's music. It's, there's something in there for everyone. And it's, it's, I, I just love to see people getting so much joy out of music, even if it's something that doesn't touch me, just to know that somebody's getting something out of it. They get 
they find what it because it means so much to me. I've found so much yeah. in music that has changed my life, enriched my life, made me a better person, made me want to be a better person. And so much of that comes from music. And so if I see someone else getting it, uh, it might be different genre, different style of music, but just that's a connection you can make with someone, right? That maybe they're listening to different music that you're listening to, but what you get out of it is essentially the same thing, right? It's like a religious experience almost. It really does. And I think that's what I was really happy to join Pantheon about because the idea that we focus on music and, and music is such an important life. And there is a small percentage of people that I don't really have a favorite musician. <laughs> okay. And, and, and someone like yourself that has, I, I can't narrow it down to one, right? It's what's your favorite TV show? I, there's too many, right? Mm-hmm. But there's, but there are just like, all music and nothing about passion i'm like i don't know if i can trust you (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) when someone says i like what what kind of music do you like oh i like all kinds of music i was (laughs) to me that means well then you don't really love any music right because anything if you're passionate about it that passion flows both ways there's stuff that is gonna move you into tears and then there's stuff that you're not gonna be able to stomach that's gonna completely turn you off and you're just not gonna because passion is you know it's fire and it's ice right it's it's one thing it's not is lukewarm water and people who just you know and hey fine if if music isn't your thing that's fine yeah, a super hard time connecting with you and uh, yes, and anything. But okay, it's to to me just finding that passion and fire in anyone. I'm not a big metal head. I like quite a bit of. Uh, I'm more of a hard rock guy than a metal guy, but whatever. There's some metal heads who are just diehards. We got some of them on the network, and I love those guys because they're, yeah. They found a passion and it's not my passion. It's not, but it's close enough that I can relate to that. And I love seeing that. I, I it's, it's just great when you find something that just brings you that much joy and something that's creative and not just your favorite sports team. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I am not a sports guy. Yeah. I hear you. My son is that way. My son is a huge sports nerd. And if you asked his favorite bands, he would say wrestling entrance songs, <laughs> WWE entrance song. So let's touch on Bruce a little bit. Do you remember when you first heard Bruce and your thoughts and Give me your safe space, by the way. You are welcome to not like Bruce's music, but just curious your thoughts on Bruce. Well, he's a seminal artist from the the 70s who's who I think still makes relevant music today, which is more than you can say for a lot of people. It's not It's not reaching people today the way it did then, but most, 
most rock and roll isn't. So I don't hold that against him by any stretch, but compared to a lot of artists, I think he's still challenging himself. But when I first heard Bruce, it was probably Born to Run or just prior to that. I remember like Rosalita on the radio, things like that. The first time I remember hearing the the word dynamo always stuck out to me like that, that that's in a song. Yeah. Cause the only other place I ever heard the word dynamo was the crimson dynamo in, in Marvel comics. And of course, Paul McCartney used it later in a song, but yeah, but uh, yeah, just, that's just funny how certain things stick out, but it was, the lyrics yeah he, he was particularly then was writing in such a unique and individual way i am not the hugest springsteen fan i am absolutely not not a hater in, in yeah. any way but not in my top five but okay. that's just me have you seen him perform live i have not i'm not like a big show guy which probably okay. maybe seems a bit of i mean no. No, I was gonna I've ask seen my share question. of live shows, but I'm largely, okay. I'm an introvert. Okay. And, and it takes a lot to drag me out of the house for almost anything. Okay. <laughs> I'm more of a record guy. I, I love the creative process of, of making records and, okay. and what it takes to make records and write songs and things like that. Okay. Um, as a musician, I love playing live, but yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's just okay. always difficult as an introvert to have to go out and just be in a, so many people. So I hear you. People. Yes. Do have you checked out his last studio album, Letter to You? That I don't have. Okay. I'd recommend you to check it out. It came out end of 2020. It deals a lot with the genesis two things he was doing springsteen on broadway right and a guy handed him a guitar and bruce went to sign it and goes no no that's yours that was for you and bruce puts it aside then when he gets it later he's like, this is a really nice guitar and he started strumming it and then the other thing that happened was the George Thies, who was the guy who started Bruce's first band, the Castiles, mm -hmm. died of cancer. And Bruce was at his bedside before he'd passed. And Bruce realized that he was the only surviving member of that high school band, mm -hmm. that he was the last man standing. And so the album is a lot about the power of, of music, the power of bands, and how you face your mortality. I'd love for you to listen to it and then Absolutely. come back again and let's discuss it from perspective. I think and we music fans can be jerks. We can be dicks. We right? can because we're it's not born to run. It's not darkness. It wasn't. It, and, and instead of going, but 
we already have darkness. We already have a Abbey Road or a Sergeant Pepper's. We don't need another one. We want them to do something new, right? But some fans get very, you know, almost territorial that I don't know. I don't want him to do, I don't want them to do different things right. versus others. I want, no, I, wherever your creative muse takes you, I may not like it, but good for you. Explore your creativity. And I, who knows, I may end up loving it. Right. Yeah. Who are, you mentioned Bruce wouldn't be top five. This is very hard to do, but do you have a rough top five, top six? Yeah. I always say top five would be the Beatles. That's the most unoriginal answer. I'm, I apologize to everyone, no. but sorry, Beatles. There's a reason the why one. they're the Beatles. Right. I, I don't know if you've heard the story and then I wanted to finish, but Bruce said in an interview, they were, the Grammys was doing some kind of tribute to Paul McCartney. And the Grammys had reached out to John Landau, Bruce's manager, mm -hmm. and said, will Bruce, would Bruce be willing to come participate in this tribute? And John calls him and he says, Paul's still a Beatle, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, okay. John, someone asks me to do a tribute for the Beatles. You don't need to wait for me to give you the answer, right? <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's a reason, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and to me, I wrap up their John Paul and George's solo yeah. stuff all into this one big bubble of Beatles, but that's yeah. my favorite, my favorites. My second favorite is Todd Rundgren. I'm a huge Todd Rundgren fan. And then probably David Bowie and the who, and the fifth slot is always rotating could be deep purple could be xtc it could be bb king it that that tends to be i don't want to say flavor of the week because that sounds dismissive but it's you go through certain things i've been on an earth wind and fire kick a little bit lately i just finished maurice white's autobiography and really loved it and that's just got me listening to a lot of earth wind and fire lately it, it, and then of course from there it's that i couldn't possibly put anything in sequence in any kind of order but that would be my top four beatles rundgren bowie who and then fifth spot is is usually someone in there but it's it's rotating when i get asked what's your top what's your top three springsteen songs right and I always say, Land of Hope and Dreams, Better Days, and the third changes every day. Yep. You know, it just it just is one of those things. That's cool. I I've done a little bit of Todd Rundgren, not a whole lot of. I, I was thrilled when I saw him make the Hall of Fame because I still care about these things. I know they're silly, and uh, by the way. One of my other podcasts is we're doing every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Yes. Yeah. Someone else I adore his music. And one we're we're putting together a, a his birthday is this month. So we're putting together a bunch of recordings from different fans saying happy birthday. And a guy 
in his message said, I'm boycotting the Hall of Fame till they include you. And John Sapoli told him, yeah, don't hold your breath. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know that his daughter, Lily, has said that she's more upset that he's never won a Grammy than he is. He's like, I've been nominated. I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brad, I'm going to change you from music fan to podcaster. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the podcast. If you'll indulge me, I'll give you the please the long-winded answer. That, I um, love long-winded answers that I, I I often give to set up please my show. So years ago, I read a book about the role that dogs played in like the Iraq War and at nine eleven, bomb sniffing, recovery, that kind of thing. I forget the name of the book, but one of the things that the author had to do to set up that book is to explain how a dog's sense of smell works because that's what it's all about for the dog is the sense of smell. And the way they explained it was like this, and it's always stuck with me, that if you or I were to walk into uh, a room with a bag with a McDonald's cheeseburger in it, probably everyone in the room would be able to sniff smells like a cheeseburger. If you've had enough McDonald's cheeseburgers, you could probably tell that came from McDonald's. But a dog doesn't just smell cheeseburger. A dog's sense of smell can differentiate is there mustard. They can smell the mustard. They can smell the ketchup individually. If there's lettuce and pickle and a tomato, they can smell all those individual things. The, The onions, the bun. They could probably, a dog could probably tell the difference of the fat content. Is that 80, 80% ground beef? Is it 85%? The dog's sense of smell is so dis- deep that whereas we just smell this amorphous thing called a cheeseburger, the dog can sense all the individual elements that go into making up that cheeseburger. So that's a long way of saying what I try to do on my podcast is to get people to listen to music the way a dog smells. In other words, don't let's get past hearing just this amorphous thing called a song, and let's start listening to the individual elements. Listen to the way the snare drum sounds, what the bass is doing, the choices made in production for arrangements, where there's vocal harmony, where there isn't, where extra guitars come in. So on my podcast, we'll do things like we'll isolate individual elements about a song and just listen to the drums, just listen to the vocal track. Talk about how certain production choices were made and theorize about why certain things were done for emotional content or for drama and those kind of things. And just try to understand what goes into making a song great. Every song starts out hopefully as a good idea, but it's, it, to get a good idea, a good song into a great song, there's got to be all these different elements that go into that, that make it great. And so that's what the song, the podcast is about. Every episode we pick, I pick one song. It's got to be a song I'm passionate about. It's in, and a lot of times it's a song I've heard a thousand times, but 
I haven't delved into it deeply. So I don't go into the podcast knowing everything there is to know about these songs. A lot of times I'll just be poking through my record collection and a song will come up and go, God, I love that song. Why do I love that song? What is it about that song that stands out to me and makes it work for me in a way that maybe the other songs on that record don't do as much. And then we get into it together and I bring you, the audience comes along for the ride and we do the research and try to dig up some history of the band and the record and how the song got made. And then we take it apart and put it back together at the end. And so that's really what the song, the podcast is about is just I'm trying to understand me trying to understand what makes a song great. The, by the way, I love that description. I remember Robert Krauss, who had written mystery novels, he wrote a book and one of the main characters was a dog from Iraq. And they mm -hmm. talked about how sensitive their noses were, just that you don't understand how that, and you, if you've ever had a dog, whether it's a beagle mm -hmm. or anything else, you see them that all that outdoor is just a, it's a live concert just hitting them on there. Yeah. I love dogs. And mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can go down a rat hole just yeah. talking about dogs, but I'm always fascinated about particularly the hound dogs. That's their, their yeah. noses are really just phenomenal machines. And when you think about it, like a dog, that just the whole way they perceive reality, perceive time is different because it all comes through primarily the sense of, of smell and if, if you walked into a room and then walked out of the room, if I didn't see you, I would have had no idea that you were ever in that room, but a dog can walk into that room and smell that you were in there and probably know how long ago it was. Oh, he was in here two hours ago. It's, and so you think about like how that must affect the way they perceive time and reality, right? Because they can see into the past through their nose. They can smell things that have happened when you come home and they're sniffing you up and down. They're seeing in through their nose everywhere you've been that day in ways that we could never do. It's, I don't, it's fascinating to me. Uh, I think so too. So you mentioned this a little bit, but how do you is it just a random as you're listening to music, you'll write down and go, you know, hey, um, Aretha Franklin version of a change is going to come. I want to do that. And why didn't you do Sam Cooke's version? Because, by the way, a change is going to come is one of my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. So is that it? you just keep a list of as you're thinking, you know, I bet this would be a fun episode to do it's it's comes in all kinds of different ways that's one one thing when i first got the idea to, to do the podcast the other thing that kind of inspired the, there was a few things that inspired the podcast like sure. any idea i think it's usually not just one thing there's all kinds of aspects oh, that come oh, on. Always, one of them yeah. is i read i like i said before i read a lot of music books okay about not just biographies, but I love books about how particular records were made and things like the 33 and a third series. I don't know if sure. you've ever read any of those books. Yes. 
I love that kind of thing. I'm a sucker for it. But one thing that always is frustrating is you're reading the book and they'll talk about, sometimes they'll even give a time code, but one minute and 30 seconds into the song, this happens. And I'm like, well, damn, I wish I could hear that right now instead of having to put the book down and go back. And so the podcast allows me to do those things, to, to talk about the songs and at the same and actually play it for you so we can listen to those things together. So that was an impetus, another impetus for doing the song to doing the podcast. But the, one of the first things I did was just write down a ton of songs that I would want to get to. And I've done a bunch of them, but it, there's still a ton that I haven't gotten to because yeah, like you said, sometimes I'll be listening to a record or a CD and a song will jump out to me and say, I should do that. Or I'll be reading a book and I'll get inspiration for that. Sometimes people pass away. Uh, yeah. And that's, that was the, the thing uh, that got me to do Aretha Franklin was that's yeah. uh, she had passed away. And I said, I felt like I should really, and that's, I always liked her version of that song. And, and I thought there was interesting things she did with it that were different than, than the original version while hearkening back to that. So anyway, it's, it, the ideas come from all different places, but in general, they, I don't typically take requests because I, again, I have to really feel passionately about the song and really want to get into it. And, and not that I'm opposed to taking requests, but I, like I said, my list is still 200 songs long that I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> and so I'm much more likely to want to dig into that than if somebody suggests something that I'm just personally not that passionate about. I've always, when you mentioned that, I, I, I think back to, I'm a big fan of Penn Gillette's podcast. I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of Penn and Teller, but mm -hmm. he does a podcast that I just love. And he will talk about that people will say when they were doing bullshit, you should do an episode on blank. Mm -hmm. And he's, you're right. That would be an interesting episode. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. You should write a book about, you know what? I have no interest in writing that book. I'd love to read that book. And if you want to go write that book, I will read it. But mm -hmm. that isn't. And it's the same thing. If you are passionate about God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, then do an episode where you talk about God Only Knows instead right. of sending you an email saying, hey, when are you going to cover God Only Knows by the Beach Boys? Right. Right. So the... So, yeah, I, I love that. This sounds like a very personal project for you. It is in the sense that a, the songs do have to mean something to me and they don't, I'm not saying every song equally, sure. right? Some songs I'm much more passionate about than other, but they're all songs that I love mm -hmm. that I wish I could have written any of these songs they're all songs that that inspired me in one degree or another so that that's part of it and also just in general i love this music and i do feel 
I don't take myself that seriously, despite how I probably sound no, I, overly I know, pretentious. I was, but no, I, you know, I don't I'm think just you a, are at all. Yeah, I'm just I, a I agree. I'm just a schmuck with a bunch of records. Yeah. Anyone could be that. But I, what I am really serious about is the music, because as I said a few times, this music changed my life, and and I think it's important, and we lose one of these musicians every week, if not two or three. Yeah. We just lost Robbie Robertson. It in pretty soon they'll yeah. all be gone. And I feel it, I'm just trying to do my little part to keep this music alive and hopefully expose some new listeners to some of these songs as well as people who probably have these records in there or had these records in their collection you haven't listened to it in 50 years or 20 years or however long it's been or maybe you had you you love the hit off the record but i'm gonna play some a deep track off that record and I, i'm just trying to preserve the music and archive it and and treat it seriously. I'm not a journalist. There are a, a few other podcasts out there. I think that do that really well, better than I ever could. But what I try to do is do it in a way that you don't have to be a hardcore fan. You don't have to be a musician, even though we talk about the elements that we don't talk about music theory. I don't want to drive anyone away by having to figure out what the circle of fifths or learn all that kind of stuff because i don't know that stuff that either and i i just i want it to be accessible to the average listener who just is curious just one degree more than the person who says i like all kinds of music <laughs> but yeah. the person who's just curious enough to want to know a little bit more and uh, and hopefully we can suck some of those people into to our world of just really the pleasure we get out of music and just trying to share that with other people. And, and again, I, I don't go into this knowing everything there is to know about these. I'm discovering it, all of these things, along with the people who are listening to the podcast, because no, I've never done an episode where I knew everything going in and at the end of it, I hadn't learned anything. When I, when I start a show as much as I might think I know about that song, I'm always finding new things that, and I'm sure, you know, the same experience, right? You've heard a song a hundred times and then someday you'll listen to it for the hundred and first time. And there'll be some little part in there that I never noticed that in there before. I never heard that glockenspiel part before, or I never, I always thought he was singing this, but no, he's actually singing that. And just the music is constantly like all great art. It's constantly revealing itself anew to you. And I, that's just another thing I love about music. that I love that story so much because I do agree with you 
to do that things. I have often misheard lyrics than working on it. Is there, it, I'm going to be surprised, but is there a song that after you started breaking apart, you did not like it as much? No. Okay. There are certainly songs where I, that would be the case, but there, there's plenty of songs that I really like mm -hmm. that I will never do on the show just because they don't lend themselves to that format. You know, there's just, I love Muddy Waters, for example, but yeah. um, it's not, this i don't want this to sound wrong but it's there's you can listen to it and really uh, and experience it but it's not the kind of thing that lends itself to analysis the way god only knows or anything from pet sounds sure. or anything from yeah. sergeant pepper would because it's a different approach to yeah. the music and so there's a lot of that kind of stuff that that I will never get to on the show because it just doesn't lend itself to that kind of format. It would be a little dull, but it, yeah, there are generally, I know I can, I'm experienced enough <laughs> to know yeah. when I hear a song, they're like, that's going to work on the show or that's not going to work on the show or the, the, yeah, the, sure. Um, I do. Some, some things have more to reveal than others, but there's generally uh, a certain, I don't know, it, it's, it's the old line about porn pornography. You know it when you see it, right? I know sure. it, when I hear a song like, oh, that's a great song, but it's not going to lend itself to the format of the show. And so it, I'll have to pass on that one. But yeah, there's one of the other podcasts I do is with a couple of friends of mine. We're, and we'll go, we pick right our main thing is we're going through Babylon five. They had never seen it. I had seen I everything. Love that show. Yeah. So this is the fun part, right? Lou and Karen were part of the reason I got into podcasting. They were doing a Farscape podcast. And so they had seen all of Farscape and they would be the veterans. And I was the rookie. I'd never seen it. Okay. And so we went through all the Farscape. Mm -hmm. So neither one of it seen Babylon five. And so they said, for fun, do you want to reverse the idea? We'll be the rookies. You'll be the veteran. And so we've been going through it and having a great time. But the other thing we do is we pick, like we picked the Netflix show, The English, to debate and just talk about. And there are certain series that I enjoy, I love. I thought the Amazon Prime Reacher that just was out last year. Yep. Fun series. Yep. But there's not enough meat in there to, to do a podcast about it. Right. It's the, yeah. everything that, yeah, I agree. I love that show too. I thought it was fun. I never read the books or anything like that. It was my first yeah. experience. I, I didn't see yeah. the Tom Cruise movie or anything. I just, but I yeah. watched the show and enjoyed it, but it's all there on the screen. Yeah. And that's it. Like you can't really go any deeper than that. You could probably, yeah. You could probably do one episode on who Jack Reacher is, but yeah. other than that, yeah, it's and that's fine. Yeah, exactly you know? fine. I that's totally agree, Brad. Fine. That is yes. So but some things, yeah, Star Trek, Star Wars, 
whether yeah. you love them or not, you can go and people have yeah. for 60 years gone deep into those yes. concepts and ideas. And they're just some things lend themselves to it and some things don't. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and there are two kinds of people in the world, right? But I remember one of my one of my best friends and his his friend were just discussing after the movie, just going through and debating every little thing. I and I don't remember the movie, it doesn't matter, right? And the wife of my friend Tom's friend just rolled her eyes. But Tom's date was like, Why are you guys overanalyzing the movie? What why can't you just watch the movie and let it go? And they're both looking like he's like, Yeah, this relationship is not gonna last because that's half the right. reason of doing this. Uh, so yep. I totally agree. Um, I were, all right, listeners, jump ahead because this is going to be a boring part. But I just, while I've got you, the philosophy of modern song, the Dylan book where he picked all these different songs. Did you read it? I did not. It's on my list to get to, yes. but I haven't read okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And the Deliver Me From Nowhere by Warren Zane. That's also on my list, Okay, but I haven't got there. I yeah. read his 33 and a third book about Dusty Springfield and enjoyed that. So yeah. I'm sure it's great. He's a good yeah, um And a, a local boy. He was in the Del Fuegos, which was at one time the hot band in Boston. He was, yes. And uh, I was lucky enough to get him for the podcast. Oh, cool. um, of course, every Springsteen podcast got him. But it is, I, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Because it's almost a mystery. Like his premise is, okay, Bruce had put out the river. As little Steven says, we got a song on the radio and that got girls. And with girls come to the live show, that got us even more guys. Mm -hmm. Their first commercial success. Then skip ahead to Born in the USA. Massive success gets him into another universe. But in the meantime, between it, he does Nebraska. And why did he want to do and why did he need to do this right. quiet album between two big albums? And it is almost a mystery of trying to discern why. I, I, th I think if you like good books about music, you know you'll love it. It is. Awesome. I really. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And he was a really good guy to talk about. He, he just you're right. Just and he talked about he loves everything. He loves teaching. He loves writing. He loves playing music. And he didn't want to ever have to choose between what he was going to do. Yeah. Is there anything on the podcast you haven't been able to do, Brad? That you want to do? That's a, what's a goal. I, there isn't really anything that I feel like I can't do that I would want to do. Okay. Uh, there's uh, one thing that I've been planning, but haven't done it yet is mm -hmm. a kind of a tribute to Jeff Beck because he's was my favorite guitar player of all time. Okay. And 
another guy we lost sure fairly recently and i didn't want to just rush an episode out sure uh, so i want to do something but it's i just haven't really put my finger on exactly how i want to do it so that's okay. i guess a goal but i've actually it started during pandemic time when we were all stuck at home and I started recording episodes like a maniac. And so I've since then I've had tons of episodes banked. So my plan actually is to in this fall, take an extended period of time off from, mm-hmm. from doing the podcast and actually play some guitar and, and catch up on some of those books <laughs> that are, that the list keeps getting longer Every time I, I polish off a book, I somehow end up with three more books on the stack. I just, yeah. the stack, stack only gets taller and never gets shorter. It does so, it, does it. <laughs> no, there's always something more to add or more to, yeah. to enjoy. And I think it's always good to take a break and recharge the batteries, but I don't want to, I, the podcast, I want to keep churning uh, out there. So I actually have, a year's worth of episodes in the can. So if, if I were to drop dead today, you would still (laughs) hear my voice for the next year with the amount of podcasts that are already scheduled and in the queue, but that's going to allow me to recharge my batteries a little bit, take, take, take some time off and and keep the podcast going. So, yeah, I, like I said, I've got that long list of songs to get to, and eventually the I'll maybe I'll get to all of it. But there's just so many great songs out there. I it feels like an inexhaustible resource. <laughs> I, I get that. You by the way, you made me feel better. I have, if I include you, I have 15 episodes in the can, <laughs> and uh, and every once in a while people are like hey jesse i'm like yeah i i'm about four to six week banked because i always worry i'm gonna run out of people to talk to right like mm-hmm. i'm gonna get a dry spell since mine is an interview podcast so you made me feel a little better that you've got a year and ahead so. yeah i think we're the exception most podcasters i think are seat of their pants they maybe have two episodes in the ahead yeah. some don't even have that but I'm anal retentive that way. I really yeah. like to have all my ducks in a row and, and, and it's just one of those things I love doing it. It's a lot of work, but I, I love it. Even most people complain about the editing. And to me that I, that's, that's one of the fun things. It's like putting a puzzle together, call me crazy, but I like all, every aspect of doing the podcast. As soon as I'm done with one, I'm, I get an idea to, jump in and do another one so it's actually almost hard to take a break but i think it would be good to do it but yeah i i like the comfort of knowing that i've got some breathing room and that there's some episodes out there yeah Um, same thing for me i always i want to have that and then i have the freedom for example if you had said oh i've got a really important episode coming up jesse that's dropping september 8th okay i can adjust that and i can release this to help push it or when i get a writer on the show i can say oh 
let's release this when your book's going to come out so we can help right. promote it. So yeah, very nice. Is there anything I should have asked you, Brad, that I haven't? Oh, I don't think so. I think I've already talked too much. No, I don't think uh... so at all. I love <laughs> this. This is so much fun. All right. I end every podcast with the Mary question. If you are a fan of Brad's podcast and you're checking this out because you wanted to hear more of him, thank you for listening. I appreciate it so much. Jay Armstrong is a retired honors English teacher, but when he was teaching, he would print out the lyrics to Thunder Road, give it to his high school seniors in his honors English class, and they would break apart Thunder Road as if it was a poem. Talk about the imagery Bruce's painting, talk about his choice of lyrics, the themes he's exploring, and at the end of the class, he would ask the class, does Mary get in the car? Brad, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I like to think of myself as a realistic optimist or maybe an optimistic realist. And I would hope that she gets into the car. I think, my God, if somebody made that argument to not that it's an argument but if somebody spoke those words to you how could you not be convinced by everything he's saying i would get in the car with him very nice <laughs> that is a great answer very good if someone wants to reach you how can they the name of the podcast is I'm in love with that song. You can find us on our website, which is love that song podcast.com. We're also on all the podcast apps and players. Just look for the I'm in love with that song podcast. And you'll find us on Spotify and Pandora and Amazon and Google and all those places where you'll find podcasts. You can find me on Facebook. Just again, look for the I'm in love with that song podcast podcast and you can email me at love that song podcast at gmail.com super i had so much fun my friend me uh, too we need to do this again just, just i would love to we'll, do it we'll again just... and i think i'm on your list for the john hyatt for oh, bring, bring the family is an incredibly important record to me okay so We'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure. Yes, that would be great. Yeah, we're, we're I tell you what, you talk about a joy of going through this man's catalog one song at a time alphabetically. So it's not in context to the albums or his his eras. And the only thing we're missing, both Sylvan and I, neither one are musicians. And we had a musician on for a couple of episodes ago, and it was so great, Brad. He sent us the clips. He goes, okay, here's where I want you. Do you mind cutting the sound so if I could play these clips and talk about them? No, I'd love this. And he started talking about just building this song and how, why he loved it so much and how mm -hmm. John had built the song, similar to something you were doing. Mm -hmm. And it was, I just, okay. This is awesome. So yes, I would love to have you on 
to talk a little John High at any time. Yeah, bring the family is just a treasure. Just so much fun. So. Yeah, yeah. It's we'll save it for that show. But all right, sounds I could talk good. Talk a lot about that record, but yeah, absolutely. All right, listeners, go check out the podcast. Unlike mine, that usually lasts an hour. You're a quick hit. Yeah, that's the other thing is I wanted the show to be tight and concise and something you could do on your 20 minute drive to work or in your subway commute or bus ride to work or that kind of thing. So we, we get you in and out relatively quickly. It depends on the episode. Sometimes I will have authors and guests on that run sure. a little bit longer, but most of the episodes run between 20 to under 30 minutes. Yeah, that's nice. Well, and I I love I love this network and I love the diversity of ours from mm-hmm. whether we're like yours or the new Metallica podcast that we've gotten or the guys the guys and gals from the Story Song podcast. Mm-hmm. So it's just I, I love how passionate all our brethren, our siblings are about music and it's a good place to be here. Yeah. And it's uh, welcome everyone, right? Listeners is as well. We're all part of this family of music lovers. Uh, You don't have to be a music maker, just a music lover and, and come and join the party. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Listeners check out the podcast. For now, be kind, be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, So if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at SetLustingBruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, Perfectly Good Podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. My Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gags. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, 
fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.